somebody you got the uh, any uh, wrestling stories or sports uh, stories? I'm sure. Um, I can always think of something. Um, what did we talk about last time? We were talking about Ric Flair. Yeah, we talked about Rick last time. The time before that, we talked about Andre checking Hulk Hogan's oil. Um, yeah. Um, I probably could have did a better job playing this, <laughs> right? Now I'm like on the spot, and I can't really think of it. I'm not even wearing a wrestling t-shirt just because my day was so busy. Oh, well, yeah, you know, rep when I can. Um, okay, I can think of one. Um, remember the Iron Sheik? Yeah. You remember uh, the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty? Yeah, Marty Jannetty, Marty Andretti. Jannetty? Marty Andretti is the race coach, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I heard Marty Jannetty tell this story once about how uh, they were at a bar, uh, him and the Iron Sheik, and you know, a bunch of wrestlers, that's what they did. You know, after they would have a show, they would just go drink, let off 16, whatever. Uh, this is in the 80s, so Jannetty's like a player, like, you know, him and Shawn Michaels, like, you know, they were like the heartthrobs, so they're getting broad, so he was uh, plotting on this new one that he had met at the bar, but he already had one that he was, you know, supposed to shack up with. Uh, he wanted to get with the new one, so... Wait, he, were they both at the bar? Yes. He, okay, so he came with the joint that he was going to shack up with. Mm-hmm, but he, but he met a new one at the bar, exactly. That he wanted. Yes, so okay. he was like, you know... Talking to the Iron Sheik, Sheiky baby, won't you go? That's what he called it. Yeah, a lot of people call him Sheiky baby. Sheiky baby, won't you go ahead and keep this one on ice, and um, you know I'll go handle business with this other one. Sheik's like, oh, all right, Marty, I take care of it for you. You're my friend, I do. So they go. Um, you know, Marty's doing whatever, and he's with the chick. Sheiky baby. All of a sudden, he sees like ambulance and, and cop car showing up to the uh, hotel that they're at, and he's like, what the hell's going on? So he goes over to uh, Iron Sheik's door, and as he's going over to the door, he notices the girl that he showed up to the hotel with going away on like an ambulance gurney. <laughs> so he knocks on Iron Sheik's door. <laughs> I'm guessing they must have been in the girl's room first because Sheik was still there. Mm -hmm. Like cops didn't see him or anything. And he's like, who is it? That's you, Marty. Okay, you come in. Marty and, Mar and Marty's like, well, damn, she got just left you with the girl. What, what the hell happened? <laughs> I say her. But yeah, right. Marty's like, and uh, Sheik's like, so, so, so Marty, I, 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 I do you a favor. I, I, I want to have a good time with the girl because, you know, I, I want to do a favor for you. So I, I, I have the girl. Uh, we, we are chilling. I give the girl. She want alcohol, so I give her alcohol. She, she want cocaine, so I give her a cocaine. We, we are just relaxing. You know, I'm trying to set mood. And all of a sudden... <laughs> Girl goes, where is Marty? Where is Marty coming back? So I go, no offense, Marty. Oh, fuck Marty Jannetty. I'm the one to give you beer. I'm the one to give you cocaine. Why the fuck would you want to go to Marty Jannetty? And then Marty's like, well, what happened? He's like, so I closed on him. What? Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, why would you think the clothesline? What the hell is wrong with you? And she goes, well, you know, Martin, I thought she could take clothesline better, but apparently she cannot take bump. It was reaction. Yeah, yeah. So he just thought this, this regular Caucasian woman that it was okay to clothesline her. So he, no, no, he thought it was cool to get her drunk, get her coked up, and then clothesline her. Correct. Right, right. Get her drunk, get her coked up, then try to get the draws. But then when she did get the draws, Close Iranian sickle. Yeah. You spend money on your alcohol, you spend money on the cocaine, mm. she's in your hotel room. Yeah, and the first thing she talked about is Marty. 
Yeah, like, now, what are you doing in my hotel room drinking my alcohol, snorting my cocaine? Worrying about him. And I will get me to drive? Mm-hmm. Close mine. Yeah, easy, yeah. easy. She could have got. He, I mean, she's lucky he, he put her in the chemical. One can do. Oh, right, right. I think had she moved after the clothesline, maybe she'd have considered it. But he yeah. probably did, and didn't want to mention because he knew it was overkill. <laughs> right. She did. already on the ambulance. Never mind, Monty. She fine. That's yeah. that's actually what happened. You put her in the chemical, but to make it seem not, not so fast, it's like right, right. I, uh, not I, so, uh, not I, so I, deliberate. Clothesline. Right. <laughs> Quick reactionary clothesline, other than stepping over or putting the legs around. <laughs> Yeah. The next day, Marjorie, he's like, you, you close on the right, but they said they sent her back. Right. So why the vertebrae? <laughs> why all the vertebrae issues? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know about that. I just <laughs> I have to practice. Right. So yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. Always yeah. Didn't want to disappoint. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 Tune in next time. We'll have more. You yeah, know me. Shiggy baby. Mm -hmm. Man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Vicious. Who's an excellent Twitter follower? If you don't already follow him. Speaking of wrestling, man, Anvil died. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Anvil Nineheart, member of the Hart Foundation, 63 years old. Of what, though, do you know? So the report was that he fell and bust his head and Damn. didn't recover. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he had been dealing with health issues for some time now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most of your older wrestlers. Yeah, that's crazy. And the thing is that they're not that old. In the grand scheme of life, right. you know, I guess in wrestling years, yeah, you gotta even say how old are you in wrestling? Right, years? it's like uh, Roddy Pogger a few years ago when he was on HBO Real Sports talking about how he would get some type of pension, some type of relief when he was sixty-five, and just laughing at it like it's the win hell on making sixty-five. He died when he was sixty-two. Yeah, no, sixty-five is just like a god, like they that's like the holy grail, which is amazing wow. that Ric Flair made it considering he drank half of Georgia. But, no, all yeah. that drinking, all mm -hmm. that partying, like rock stars, mm -hmm. so to speak. Right? Yeah. But on top of just being a rock star, living that lifestyle, as far as alcohol and drugs concerned, they've got the physical. Right. It's like a rock star if they fell down the steps three times during a concert. Yeah. And you know the crazy thing is, is, I didn't find out until I was like, guess like an adult that wrestlers were on the road all those other nights out of the week. I kind of just thought it was like a weekend. <laughs> right. Because that's what you yeah. yeah. Never yeah. mind Monday in Tucson, yeah, right. Wednesday in Albuquerque. Yeah. Thursday oh, in Des Moines, off that, off that top and then the weekend time, shows, and, and a lot of times it would be one on Saturday, two on Sunday. You know what I mean? Like they do a matinee and an evening show. It's got to be scripted. So <laughs> you know when you think about it, like yeah. And with this. all that going on, you can imagine how somebody could forget what happens in the yeah. script, and that could lead to an injury. You know, it's just it's an insane life. It's oh, it's wow. thoroughly entertaining, like, especially if you don't really become truly successful at it you know they're just out there taking a beating yeah and those are the ones who typically take more of a beating because right. you know you got to get the crowd yeah. to react yeah. you know your your superstars they can just do like a little eye gouge or yeah. just put their arms oh, up to the crowd yeah. <laughs> but you know your indies they gotta like jump off the top rope like head first yeah. and like land on the nape of their neck to get some type of reaction like oh. you see how my arms wiggle i broke it I broke it on the mat. I broke my eyes on the mat. Like, you know, so it's a rough life, man. Yeah, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's so entertaining, though. Oh, I haven't watched it since the early. I get that. Days. I get that. Yeah, I got the network. I was watching it. Uh, I was actually watching a 1989 Saturday Night main event before I came over exactly. here. Exactly. Who's on ticket? Uh, it was uh, Hulk Hogan and the Honky Talk Man. Mm -hmm. It was uh, Macho Man. Uh, I can't remember who Macho Man was fighting, but he was in it too. Mm. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Now, I, would you say wrestlers from that er era, you have more affinity for than 
Yeah. Oh, now, is it because they had to be as alluring, but they weren't allowed to be as edgy as wrestlers are today? I don't. I would probably just blame it on watching it through kid eyes. Mm. Yeah, I remember somebody once saying, your hero when you're four is going to be a hero as an adult. Mm. So just the fact that I would just idolize them when I was, like my first TV memory was pro wrestling. Really? Um, mm. So yeah, I was just, it was all I wanted to think about when I was a child. So like when I buy those pro wrestling t-shirts now, I only buy people that I messed with in the 80s or a couple of people from ECW just because I was out of Philadelphia. But uh, yeah, no, it's... Now I'm watching it almost like a like like an uncle that like you know watched it grow from like you know yay high right, right, to right. where it is now. But yeah, it's a different lens. Yeah, I mean, because I you know I never got into like Steve Austin and even right, like, right, right. right. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't really my thing at that point in time. But I do remember being a kid. Like at first, my first favorite was Ricky the Dragon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how could he not be? He comes into the ring, he's spitting fire. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He even had a little dragon a couple times. He yeah, came to the ring you know with his going single Jake the Snake. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it was my favorite. Then it would go back and talk between him and the Macho Man, mm -hmm. and Ultimate Warrior, mm -hmm. and, you know, things of that nature. But I often think sometimes, like, was it because, you know, they were so over the top and so entertaining, but they kind of still had to keep it clean to some degree? I feel like wrestlers now, not that I watch a whole lot of it, I think they can be a lot edgier. So now they now actually they can't, but there was a period, time they could. like, you know, late 90s in the early aughts where yeah you know you might see like a nipple flash or <laughs> crotch chops and all that other yeah, 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 stuff. yeah like yeah no that stuff is pretty it's more kid-based now because that's where the money is more or less they were getting a lot of you know college and high school money back in those days um but yeah no it's not as edgy as it was then but i think even if it was edgy back then i don't think that would have changed my fandom maybe to change how much my mother loved to watch it, but probably not me. But I could see that being a scenario with kids not getting to watch it as much, cause right? Because even HBO back then, I, it was uh, yeah, because I used to watch you know, it was WWF and WCW, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. superstars at 10, yeah. no, challenge at 10, superstars at 11, and NWA at one o'clock on Saturdays it used to come on right after good times. I remember hearing that good times <laughs> in music and knowing I'm gonna get my NWA fix. <laughs> And it's weird because uh, one of my coworkers is from New York, and all they got was WWF. Like they couldn't get NWA because Vince had a stranglehold on New York. So us being in Philadelphia was sort of the best of everything because we would get all types of different um, federations. Like it'd be Saturday night, 1 a.m. I'm getting stuff from Memphis, or I'm getting stuff from Texas at like midnight. Like, and I would scour television until I found it because I knew it was on somewhere. Um, but in New York, all they could watch was WWF. Oh, wow. So yeah, we we were in a catbird seat. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Territory wrestling territories in in themselves is it's it's a really unique yeah, yeah, sort not, of thing. I, yeah, yeah, I was reading something about how back in the day, uh, you know. Yeah. Not that anybody would, but if you chose to, I'd recommend it. This uh, writer, his name's uh, Paul O'Brien. He wrote a fictional trilogy based on 70s wrestling called uh, Blood Turns, Blood Red Turns Dollar Green. Hmm. And he like sought out different wrestling minds, you know, that we grew up watching. And, um, you know, just to get an idea of how it worked back in the day. And it's a really good series. Like I read all three books. Um, it's entertaining. It's kind of like The Sopranos meets wrestling, which may not be too far from the truth when you think about how territory used to work back in the day with 
a dad having it and their son being a top dog right, star right, and maybe right. then eventually your son will take it over that type of thing so yeah it's it's a weird 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 business no yeah no wrestling was my yeah I, it's fascinating I, you know it's i have certain memories of it back in the day i, I I remember Dusty Rhodes bleeding all over the place. Mm -hmm. I guess it was like one of those razor blade kind of. Yeah, yeah, and, and and even that, like you grow up and you realize, like some people would tape just they would just take like a corner of the razor blade, just a corner triangle, tape it to their finger and tape, wrap tape around it, and then when it was time, unravel the tape, cut themselves. Some people would keep a blade in their mouth. What? Some people would keep a blade in their trunks. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, well, I, shit, I would. I would think taping it somewhere, like if you taped it inside the elastic and put the tape opposite your skin, that might be the, I would do that before I put the shit in my mouth. While you're wrestling, all types of cardio, heavy breathing. That's a no end game. So yeah. What was I thinking, brother? Right. right. <laughs> Put those things on my finger next time, brother. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, every razor blade comes out whole game. <laughs> it's like everything you learn about it just makes it that much more fascinating. Like, how does it work when someone from America wrestles someone from Japan or another country? Like, you know, because the primary tenant on it is them sort of covering up when they're talking about what they're going to do. All right, I'm going to throw you into the terminal. You're going to do this, but I'm a super blah blah blah. But you're working with somebody that speaks a totally different language. Uh, so how do you communicate? You know what I mean? Like, this motherfucker speaking Japanese. Right. Like, <laughs> 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 so, yeah, man, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Things I never knew. Yeah, man. I feel like every week I drop some kind of jewel. Yeah. yeah. You know, I hey, like, you know, I'll tell you, I was a wrestling fan in the age of the 90s. Mm -hmm. I've been a wrestling fan for a long time. Yeah. Whereas, like I said, watched about six hours ago. <laughs> yeah. Still going strong. Mm hmm.